The Buffalo Bills found a starting guard, brought back several special teamers, and also lost Tremaine Edmonds. What does it all mean? Well, we're breaking it all down today on Locked on Bills. You are Locked on Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy whatever day you're listening to this, and thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day. And as a reminder to you, we are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Well, folks, this is our day one of the NFL legal tampering period recap podcast. and. All of the news that I am going to respond to is what happened as of the recording of the podcast, which is happening at 5.45 p.m. Eastern time on Monday, March 13th. There's a good chance Bill's news could happen while I'm recording this, after I record this, and that's just where we have to, uh, what we have to deal with this week on the podcast as the news is going to come fast and furious, and at some point, you just got to stop and record. So on this podcast, we're going to talk about the Bills signing guard, Connor McGovern, all the special teams moves, and of course, the Bills losing Tremaine Edmonds and Case Keenum already in free agency. Now let's start with the player the Bills added, Connor McGovern, signed into a three-year, $23 million deal. He's a former third-round pick of the Dallas Cowboys out of Penn State, 25 years old, has been in the league for four seasons and collected 29 starts, with most of them coming last year with the Dallas Cowboys. And, of course, all of his seasons to this point have been with the Dallas Cowboys. My immediate reaction to this is that it affirms something that I've been talking about a lot on this podcast over the last year, and that the Bills very clearly have a type with offensive linemen. They like them tall, long, and athletic. And when you consider the RAS scores, and RAS stands for Relative Athletic Score, which factors the size of the player and the athletic testing of the player, and it gives them a number 0 to 10, with 10 being perfect, all of the Bills starting offensive linemen are premier athletes. Deion Dawkins, RAS of 8.41. Ryan Bates, RAS of 9.56. Mitch Morse, 9.57. Spencer Brown, perfect 10. And now Connor McGovern, 9.76. So, folks, if you think the Bills are going to be interested in a particular offensive lineman, you may want to check their RAS score. Because if it's not above an 8, I don't think they're going to be interested. And they certainly like height, and they certainly like length. And Connor McGovern just fits right in with this prototype that they've gravitated towards over the last few years. So Connor McGovern, 6'5", 308 pounds, 34 and an eighth inch arms. His RAS score, as I mentioned, 9.76. Excellent athlete, great size, former teammate, of Ryan Bates back at Penn State. They were part of the same offensive line. 
Now, McGovern lost his rookie season in 2019 due to a, a torn pectoral muscle. Missed the entire year. Came back in 2020, started eight games, but he was mostly a backup. But that's a good amount of game experience for a guy that was a backup. 2021, he started six games, mostly a backup, though. And then last year in 2022, he was the primary starter, 15-game starter at left guard. Now, most of his snaps have come at left guard in the NFL, 1,200 at left guard. But he's a guy that can play all three spots in the middle. 100 snaps at center so far in his career, 724 at right guard. If you go back to college, he played 923 snaps at center and 1,430 at right guard. So you feel pretty comfortable about playing him potentially at left guard or right guard. I'm not sure exactly what the Bills' plan is, but I have a feeling he might be the right guard. I mean, you've had Ryan Bates openly state he's most comfortable at left guard. The new player is Connor McGovern, and he has a lot of right guard experience for his career. Where you go back to at least college with Ryan Bates, and the guy was a left tackle in college. And I just think that's just a more natural side for him. So some of my general thoughts on this signing. I like that they're trusting the role to a young athletic player that appears to be an ascending talent, right? A third round pick that earned a role for this Cowboys team, right? As a a backup and, and starter early on and then becoming a starter his final year and in, in performing at a level that earned him this contract with the Buffalo Bills. And while he's a young and athletic player, I also like that he's not a rookie. That's a big spot, right? We're talking about one of the interior starters in front of Josh Allen. And to me, I take some level of comfort in knowing that it's a battle-tested NFL player as opposed to a rookie. And rookie offensive linemen, just based on the way college football is played these days, it feels like the jump can be pretty significant. Well, the Bills got out ahead of that and have a veteran now starting as opposed to going into the draft, feeling like you have to get a starting offensive lineman. So I like that. Now, as for his actual game and his skill set, I want to do a film study on him with the Cowboys before I really go in and tell you how I feel. I scouted Connor McGovern coming out of Penn State. I graded him in the third round. But I'd be lying if I said I've consumed that much of his NFL tape. I'm certainly very familiar with him. I'm familiar with his journey to this point. Watched a lot of Cowboys, but have I watched it through the lens of Connor McGovern and the possibility of him being a Buffalo Bill? No. So I got some work to do. You know I'll do it, and I'll report back on the way I feel about his his game. But I also like this is a fairly modest contract. I mean, a tick over $7 million per season. And when you think about what Ben Powers received, the massive extension Chris Lindstrom got, Nate Davis got $10 million a season. You, know, you feel like this was somewhat of a good value. And I'll say this. I mean, like I did an entire offensive free agency preview, and this wasn't one of the names that I was targeting for the bill. So really, I just want to be honest with you and say, I'm familiar with the player, but I want to study him more to really go in on what I think his strengths and weaknesses are. We know that he's versatile. We know that he's young. We know that he started 29 games. We know that he's got some athleticism. We can look at pro football focus grades, and they tell you that he's been a really good pass blocker, but maybe not that consistent of a run blocker. But I want to dig into the tape 
and tell you how I feel real soon. Now, Connor McGovern may have been the biggest Bills addition of the day, but the Bills made several other transactions that we're going to talk about here in just a moment. But first, I do need to tell you about FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, so the Bills signed Connor McGovern to be their starting or one of their starting guards, but they did a bunch of other stuff, mostly bringing in some of their own players, bringing back some of their own players, all special teamers, right? Never underestimate the Bills' willingness to value and pay for special teams. If there's anything that's been abundantly clear under Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott is that they value special teams. And a few weeks ago, I uncovered some data about the importance of special teams in the podcast. And of the last 10 Super Bowl winners, five of them, half, finished in the top five of the NFL in special teams DVOA. Half of the Super Bowl winners over the last 10 years were top five special teams units. Eight of those 10 were in the top 16 of the NFL, so the top half of the league. And you had the Bucks were like, 26th and then there's another team that was 19th so special teams do matter and the bills continue to make them a priority the first one we'll mention here is sam martin the bills brought back you know re-signed sam martin to a three-year six million dollar contract 2.4 million guaranteed it's practically a one-year two and a half million dollar deal but the bills can certainly continue with him for a $2 million cap hit in 2024 and 2.2 in 2025. So a very reasonable contract here for the caliber of punter that you get in Sam Martin. I'm really happy about this move. We've talked way too much about punters on this podcast since I've taken over as the host in 2019. I mean, just way too much conversation about punters. And I like special teams. I like punters. I like the value of it. I'm a nerd, right? I'm a football nerd. I like everything about football. But I'd be lying to you if I said I wasn't tired of talking about bills and punters. You know that I think that Sam Martin delivered the best season by a Bills punter in at least 10 years. I always go back to that second-to-last season from Brian Mormon because he was bad his last year. That second-to-last season, I think it was like 2010, 2011. Ever since then, the Bills have really struggled with the punting situation. And Sam Martin came in and absolutely stabilized it last year. He's an excellent holder, right? That was something that was phenomenal this past year. Very seamless transition with him stepping in, coming in late in the equation, being the holder for Tyler Bass. Tyler Bass had a great year. Sam Martin had a great year. And I'm really happy that the Bills are going to be able to continue with Sam Martin for the foreseeable future. The Bills also brought back Tyler Medikavich. Listed as a linebacker, but we know he's a special teams player. Led the Bills in special teams snaps last year. 
And uh, we don't have the terms of the deal. We know it's a one-year contract. I would expect it to come in between 2 and $3 million. But obviously, since the Bills signed Tyler Medikavich, he's been a very high-valued member of the team. I mean, Tyler Medikavich plays less in preseason than Josh Allen. I mean, the guy doesn't even put on, a, uh, on pads for preseason games. This is one of the premier special teams players in the league. And, you know, a lot of times when we talk about special teams, it's covering kicks and punts, which Tyler Medikavich does very well as an interior player on both the punt and kick team. But what he means in the punt and kick return units is a big deal as well. We've seen his intelligence show up with his recovery of that surprise onside kick two years ago. I mean, he's a, a guy that through and through understands the value that he brings on special teams and has made a really good living and a really good career out of it. And um, he's been a captain for this team. And the Bills obviously had a lot of value on him and brought him back to continue in that role. Uh, The Bills also brought back Cam Lewis on a one-year deal. What's interesting here, and I'll, I'll give Bruce Nolan from the Bruce Exclusive Podcast some credit here, is that when the team announced bringing back Cam Lewis, they announced him as a cornerback. Not sure how much that actually matters, but it was interesting at least uh, because last year he he made the transition to safety. And so Cam Lewis brings really good value as, as a bottom of the roster type player where he can play slot corner, he can play outside corner, and he can play safety. So any spot in your secondary, Cam Lewis has been trained and can play it. But also he winds, he's, he's really developed into a core four special teamer for the Buffalo Bills. And so another guy that covers kicks and punts, blocks for kicks and punts, and, you know, from a defensive perspective, actually offers quite a bit more than Tyler Medikavich. So he is back in the mix for the Buffalo Bills. The other move that they made that is special team centric, but also to me run, you know, it's offensive centric that, and that of course is Naheem Hines. We expected this contract to be reworked, right? We knew that with no guaranteed money left, that the Bills would need to look at this contract and do something with it, and they did. They reworked it. Uh, the deal saves the Bills $1.3 million in cap this year, so his cap hit goes from $4.79 million down to $3.5 million, but there are also incentives baked into the new deal that allows Naheem Hines the opportunity to actually make more than his original figure if he hits them, which I think is pretty cool that the Bills are willing to bake something like that into a deal where, that from a negotiation perspective, they had every bit of leverage. I mean, we're talking zero guaranteed dollars. The Bills could have cut him, freed up the entire $4.79 million, and um, you know, instead they were able to reduce that but also give him an opportunity to earn it back. Now, obviously, Naheem Hines has proven himself with this team as a really good return guy, both punt and kick return, which it's kind of like what I was talking about with the um, with the punter stuff. It's like we've talked way too much about returners on this podcast, and we certainly enjoyed Andre Roberts for a few years. But you know, since Andre Roberts has moved on, it's been really, really inconsistent with the Bills' punt and kick return situation. Naheem Hines has absolutely stable, stabilized that and has given me a lot of confidence in what the Bills have in the return game now. And obviously, it's not just decision-making and ball handling, uh, but it's that explosive ability. You know, they returned a couple kicks for touchdowns against the Patriots. Obviously, 
he has that ability. He's the only player in the history of the NFL that has a game with two punt returns for touchdowns and two kick returns for a touchdown. And so I'm excited to see him continue in that role, but I'm more excited to see what he can do offensively. You know, one of the big things that Naheem Hines has done in the NFL to this point is provide value as a receiving back. Since he was drafted, he's in the top five of the NFL for receiving yards among running backs. Now, obviously, that didn't happen for the Bills last year. And there's plenty of questions to be asked about that. I think a lot of it has to do with onboarding a player like him midseason and then what we've learned since the season ended about Josh Allen's elbow and how it really made some of those quick passes very difficult for him. So now you have a quarterback that has a hard time making quick, short passes and you're trying to do that to a guy that you've never made any throws to, right? That's a that's a big ask. And so that doesn't excuse the lack of handoffs, right? That doesn't excuse the lack of other ways to get in the football. Um, but it's just something to be mindful of in the overall conversation. You know, we want to have all the context. So I'm interested in his role offensively with an entire offseason to learn the playbook and get on the same page and for the Bills to really understand his skill set and how he can help the team because there's a whole lot more to Naheem Hines than kick return and punt return. And and not that there's not value there. I think there is. I love what he brings. But I think there's more to get out of Naheem Hines, and I'm anxious to see how that comes together next year. So, look, the reality is the Bills, they brought in Connor McGovern. They re-signed some special teamers, but they also lost a few players, which we'll get to in just a moment. But first, the Built March Madness bracket is here. We know you have your favorite bar or puff, and now's your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. You know, I'll be voting for the Brownie Batters Puff. That's my favorite. And if you want the Buffalo Bills to win, then you'll be voting for that bar too. Support your team, support your bar or puff. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky lockdown listeners will get a free box of Built. Not only that, but one Locked On fan will get a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. You got to try Built. Built is the best protein bar ever. Seriously, they're amazing. You won't think they're good for you, but they are. What makes them so good? Well, for starters, they're all high protein, low in sugar, and covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. So run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick. All right, so let's have the conversation. The Bills lost Tremaine Edmonds to the Chicago Bears. He signed a four-year, $72 million deal with the Bears, $50 million guaranteed, so it comes in at $18 million per season, which is pretty much where we thought it was going to come. There are some projections out there that were like, 11, 12 per season, never thought that was going to be the case. I knew it would push for 20. I think I've been saying on this podcast, 17 to 20, it falls in at 18. So we got the deal I expected him to make. And for Tremaine Edmonds, good for him, man. This guy got a bunch of money. He's a young guy. He goes to Chicago, a young football team. It's going to be an easy opportunity for him to step in and lead that defense. Their head coach, Matt Eberflus, has a long history of working with linebackers. It's a great fit and a great opportunity for Tremaine. I am happy for Tremaine Edmonds. 
but I am not going to sit here and sugarcoat how big of a loss I think this is for the Buffalo Bills. And I know, I know that Tremaine Edmonds is a polarizing figure in the fan base, right? There are plenty of people that are elated to see him gone. There are plenty of people that don't think he was worth anywhere near $18 million a season. I see it differently than you. And I've went on record a number of times. I think last July I did an entire podcast on Tremaine Edmonds and his skill set and how important it is to the Buffalo Bills and the way that they play defense. All right, so if you don't like Tremaine Edmonds, that's fine. We just disagree on this. I do like Tremaine Edmonds, and I wish the Bills would have gave him this contract. I think it's a big loss. Now, we've been preparing for this since the reports last week, right? Late in the week, we did an entire podcast about the potential of losing both Tremaine Edmonds and Jordan Poyer. So we started reacting to that, and we kind of calibrated our conversation since because predictively, I didn't think we were going to be here. I've long beat the drum of the Bills preach, draft, develop, and re-sign. And with Tremaine Edmonds being the second ever draft pick made by Brandon Bean, a player the Bills traded up to get in the first round, five years of experience as a starter for their defense, a four-time team captain, two-time pro bowler, I thought he would fall right into that philosophy. I didn't think Brandon Bean was going to want him to get away. But obviously, they didn't have the same valuation, right? That's probably what it came down to because McDermott, Frazier, Bean, they all raved about Tremaine Edmonds, raved about him. But surely this came down to dollars and the Bills weren't willing to meet the what the Bears gave him. And Tremaine went and got the money. I valued so much of what Tremaine provided this football team. His range, his skill set in the middle of the field, his ability to cover was huge. And when you could space the field with a guy like that, it means a lot in today's NFL where everything is pace and space offensively. It's about dictating mismatches. And when you got 6'4", 250, with 34-and-a-half-inch arms in the middle of the field, it just makes it tough to slot the football. And we've seen. We've seen what this Bills defense looks like without Tremaine Emmons on the field, whether it was some of those games where they couldn't stop the run, but also pass coverage. Think about the first half and the second half of the Vikings game. Tremaine was on the field in the first half. Well, it looked a lot diff- different in the second half when he, was, when he wasn't out there. How about that Jets game where Zach Wilson was able to find space in the middle of the field and Michael Carter looked like the second coming of Barry Sanders? You missed Tremaine Emmons that day. I'm going to miss Tremaine Edmonds. I wish him well, but I'm going to miss his skill set. I think with the way today's NFL is played, his skill set is tremendously valuable, especially when you think about your biggest threat in the AFC East is the Miami Dolphins. Where do they like to throw the football? Middle of the field, challenge your linebackers' ability to get depth. I mean, nobody can cover ground and provide range and length like Tremaine Edmonds in the middle of the field in coverage. And I think I just I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I think it's a big loss. So I'm concerned about this. I'm anxious to see what the plan is. There's some veterans out there. We talked about it. Bobby Wagner, Eric Kendricks, Levante David. Got to go get one of these guys. Or there's some intriguing non, you know, like super like older players that I think would be good players. David Long from the Titans, Bobby Okereke from the Colts. Those are guys that I would hope the Bills would sign. I'm not super eager to see what Terrell Bernard looks like the Bills looks like as the Bills starting Mike Linebacker. We'll see. 
We'll see all that goes. Obviously, Sean McDermott has really made it known that his relationship with Dave Aranda, the Baylor head coach, who's a defensive guru in college football, that 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 led heavily to the decision to draft Terrell Bernard. But we'll see. That's a big role. This is a linebacker-centric defense. Sean McDermott's entire career, been linebackers. Luke Keekley, Thomas Davis, Tremaine Edmonds, Matt Milano. Let's see what it looks like. Let's see what it looks like. But I have I have concerns. I have concerns. The Bills also lost Case Keenum. Not that this is a huge loss, um, but I do want to mention it at least. Uh, it goes to Houston, signs with the Texans. Two-year, $6.25 million deal. He'll be their backup quarterback, presumably. Uh, they have Davis Mills on the roster, but they also have the number two pick in the draft. And so you'd like to think that they're probably going to use that on one of these one of these top quarterback prospects. So he'll get a chance to groom that young player. And, um, you know, Case Keenum played his college football at Houston where, I mean, he had a historic career. I think he became college football's all-time leading passer at Houston. Uh, So this is a great place for him to finish his career, presumably. He grew up in Texas, and so I'm sure it's a great uh, great opportunity for his family to, to go back home, finish his career, get a pretty good deal, right? He's making more with the Texans than he did with the Bills this past season. Uh, so that's all good for him. But the Bills obviously need a QB two now. Um, some people thought that could be Sam Darnold. It won't be him. He agreed to terms with the San Francisco 49ers. And so that that player that the Bills are one snap away from being their quarterback has to be identified by Brandon Bean here. Uh, I don't think Matt Barkley can be that player. He can be your QB three on the practice squad. But as far as him coming in and having to play any real meaningful football in the regular season, you know, that's very, very concerning. So. Uh, Case Keenum, not your backup quarterback anymore. So the Bills will have to find one of those and come up with a plan at linebacker in addition to looking for some ways to improve the football team. So there's still plenty of time. Like we said, let it play out. Brandon Bean doesn't have to have the roster perfect right now. He's got time. There's going to be waves of free agency. There's obviously the draft. There's there's a lot of ways to improve a football team. So maybe you're a little discouraged right now. Connor McGovern didn't move the needle for you. Maybe you're happy Tremaine's gone, but you're concerned about the replacement because there isn't one yet. You know, there's there's um, there's a lot of different feelings out there, I know, amongst the fan base. And so um, we'll see what it, what it all comes down to, what this roster looks like when it's all said and done. But for now, that's where the Buffalo Bills stand. And obviously, plenty of moves are coming. We'll react to them all here on the podcast. So make sure that you're subscribed. Would love it if you took a second to uh, check out my new book, Buffalo's Run. You can check it out on Amazon. Just search Buffalo's Run. It's my story of the 2022 Buffalo Bills. I hope you'll be willing to take a look at that and uh, consider purchasing. And uh, keep your head on a swivel. A lot of NFL news is coming through fast. And uh, a lot of it's involving the Bills. So we'll uh, we'll be back real soon to break down the next wave of uh, newsy items that impact the Buffalo Bills here on the Lockdown, Podca- Lockdown Bills podcast. Excuse me. Make sure you're subscribed. We would love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day. Go Bills. And I look forward to catching up with you again real soon.